the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager in Miami all week. Hello, Good to be with you. How many times have I played for you the frightening comments of the dictator of New Zealand, an elected dictator, but that doesn't mean anything. We've elected a dictator in our country. State of emergencies, that's all they have to declare. I think that the state of emergency allowance should be removed. I understand the dangers because they might actually be a real emergency as opposed to the ones that the left make up. Nevertheless, I, the abuse of something is greater than the use of something. Then you get rid of the something. So, my friends, it is time to get rid of the state of emergency allowance for governors and for uh, presidents. The left will abuse any possible use of authority to become a dictatorial regime, and in light of that, and in light of New Zealand, what that woman did, locking up her country, uh, China-style. It was truly China-style. The only difference between China and New Zealand for much of the last two years is that in New Zealand, you had a freely elected dictator, whereas in China you had a non-freely elected dictator. The difference is minuscule, except that I blame the New Zealand people more than I blame the Chinese people. The New Zealand people, sheep-like, I said the New Zealand flag should be, as the Canadian flag should have replaced the maple leaf with a sheep, so too there should be a sheep, which would be appropriate given the number of sheep in New Zealand. So the, the place was locked down. Here is what I played for you over the course of the COVID uh, lockdowns. This is from the totalitarian leader of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, who, by the way, was, of course, the speaker at the Harvard graduation because Harvard loves left-wing dictators. It can never be said that Harvard opposes dictatorship. It only opposes right-wing dictatorships. Here is what she said over and over, Prime Minister of New Zealand. You can trust us as a source of that information. Uh, You can also trust the Director General of Health and the Ministry of Health. COVID19.govt.nz. Otherwise, dismiss anything else. 
We will continue to be your single source of truth. We will provide information frequently. We will be your single source of truth. Everything you else you see, um, a grain of salt. And, and when you see those messages, remember that unless you hear it from us, um, it is not the truth. Unless you hear it from us, it is not the truth. The secular world produces unquestioning obedience far more than the religious world in Judaism and Christianity. The Judeo-Christian religious world hasn't produced such unquestioning obedience in, in, in centuries. But uh, the secular world produces sheep. You can't deny it, my friends. You can, you can love secularism. You can crap on religion all you like. But if you have any commitment to truth, what I just said is true. The secular world produces sheep. Is every secular person a sheep? Of course not. Is every religious person a freedom-loving human? Of course not. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about what the institutions, what the society becomes. And why am I mentioning this about New Zealand? Daily Mail uh, just reports. New Zealand COVID deaths soar to record high as Omicron wreaks havoc. COVID death rates have reached pandemic highs in New Zealand as the country battles another havoc-inducing Omicron wave. Hmm. Once held up as evidence that it is possible to suppress the virus, New Zealand's swift response to the pandemic and its geographic isolation allowed it to escape the wrath of the pandemic. Jacinda Ardern's government dropped its zero-COVID policy, which saw the nation nicknamed a hermit kingdom last year once the population was largely vaccinated. Eight in ten people now double-jabbed. So what does that mean? What percentage of the people are single-jabbed? Must be even more, obviously. Eight in ten double-jabbed. Since then, the virus has spread. Are you ready? Here's one of the great lines in modern journalism. Experts told Mail Online, that's the Daily Mail, that previously low levels of infection in New Zealand due to strict COVID curbs is behind, actually should be are behind, Daily Mail writers are, are not known for their grammatical acuity, are behind the high fatality rate because the economically crippling measures only delayed, quote, inevitable infections that could have built up immunity. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that I get very little comfort from the fact that I was right and virtually every scientist you heard speak was wrong. It brings me, in fact, zero comfort that I, who am not a scientist, would know that they were lying to you constantly, that the state of American medicine is pathetic, that the word epidemiologist usually means don't listen to me. This is not, this is not good news. This is very bad news. Oh, I have more on the American medical 
state, by the way. It's getting worse. Medical schools are now getting as woke as other graduate schools. I will report that to you soon. In other words, the whole lockdown, the crippling of the economy, the crippling of kids' lives was for naught, for naught, as Sweden proved. However, half this country, if they heard this broadcast, would dismiss it completely as right-wing misinformation because all the truth is called misinformation. When the left says something is misinformation, the odds are overwhelmingly likely that it is that it is something true. A lot of American scientists said that this was a terrible policy, this massive lockdown, the deprivation of children, of the ability to see other children. And now the vaccination of children? Wow. I have a video out. What is it? Is it what is it? It's coming out very shortly from PragerU. The uselessness of good intentions. All the parents who vaccinate their three-year-olds have good intentions. But they're fools. The, this, I can't think of a, of a better example of well-intentioned, meaning nothing, zero, nothing. It is useless. It is self-worship. I mean well, therefore I don't need to know anything. That is the motto of those who graduate American colleges. I mean well, that is all that matters. I don't have to actually know anything. These people know that the danger of the vaccine may well be greater than the danger of no vaccine in little kids. How many little kids died of COVID? It's, it's infinitesimally small. This was a fatal disease to the very old, which is not to diminish the tragedy of any given death, obviously. It is just to state what people should know. The issue is, I mean well. I told you my wife's experience at, the, at a drugstore that we frequent giving the coronavirus so-called vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It's another lie. It's not a vaccine. Vaccines prevent illness. Clearly, it, it does nothing of the sort. Nothing. If you got the vaccine, it's overwhelmingly likely you will get COVID. Okay? just So don't call it a vaccine. You can call it whatever you like. I call it a placebo, but... You can call it what you like. Poor little girl, three three years old, begging her father not, not to give her the vaccine. I mean, no, no kid wants an injection, I get it. But the kid was right. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out-of-control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS fines. Nick Grovitz. 
Kovic, man I completely trust, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion, has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call Amfed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. Hi there, all. Dennis Prager here. A note to Sean back in L.A. I can't find the Zoom invitation. So you'll uh, have to resend that. Hi, everybody. So unless New Zealand was prepared to lock down its entire population literally forever, all they did was postpone the fateful amount of infection and death. It was a complete farce what what was done. New Zealanders bought it because you are told to worship the state and quote-unquote science. The confusion of science with scientists is like the confusion very often of clergy with religion. There have been a lot of bad clergy people in the history of the world, as we well know. Some terrific ones, I might add. But science and scientists are not the same thing, to say the least. It's very scary what's going on. American medicine has become a farce. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Medical education goes woke. The woke domination of American higher education can seem tragically comic when it's confined to the English department. But when it infiltrates the hard sciences, far more is at stake. Read and wince at how woke politics is about to infect medical education. The Association of American Colleges... AAMC is a nonprofit based in Washington, D.C. that represents and advises medical schools. It also has influence with the Liaison Committee on Medical Education, the national accreditor that sets med schools' standards. So when the AAMC, American Medical College, Association of American Medical Colleges, tells schools to revise how they teach, America's future physicians will be obliged to listen. The AAMC recently released a report describing the new diversity, equity, and inclusion competencies that medical students and residents will be expected to master. Practicing physicians who work at teaching hospitals may also be required to undergo this form of political re-education. As a starting point, aspiring doctors will have to become fluent in woke concepts such as intersectionality, which the AAMC defines as, quote, overlapping systems of oppression and discrimination that communities face based on race, gender, ethnicity, ability, etc., Unquote. Overlapping systems of oppression. 
Hmm. Within 10 years, people will regard, half this country will regard doctors with the same respect they now regard educators, professors, teachers. This is brand new. Doctor was synonymous with worthy of respect. But remember, I don't mean it as a cute line. I mean it as literally as the sun shines bright. Everything the left touches, it ruins. Next on the agenda, medicine. Med students who managed to avoid learning critical race theory in college will now get an immersive course. They will also be expected to demonstrate, quote, knowledge of the intersectionality of a patient's multiple identities and how each identity may result in varied and multiple forms of oppression or privilege related to clinical decisions and practice. This sounds as if every medical diagnosis will have to be made with an accompanying political and sociological analysis. Aspiring doctors will have to learn that race is, quote, a social construct that is a cause of health and health care inequities, not a risk factor for diseases. That's a lie, by the way. That's a lie. So doctors are being taught a medical lie, and they will believe it because questioning doctor is almost an oxymoron. Racial, as the Wall Street Journal points out, racial and ethnic groups do sometimes have a greater propensity for certain health problems. Black women are at higher risk for a type of breast cancer known as triple negative, and women of Ashkenazi Jewish heritage are at greater risk of the BRCA gene mutation. I don't know if that's the one that refers to Tay-Sachs, but I know this to be true. My cousin, an Ashkenazi Jew, gave birth to a Tay-Sachs child. Non-Jews do not. The the child, as, as always happens, died by the age of three. Relationships between race and disease aren't always well understood, but knowing they exist can improve minority patient outcomes. It doesn't help patients with immediate needs for a doctor to assume that their condition is really about the, quote, systems of power, privileges, and oppression. Med students will also be expected to articulate how their own identities, power, and privileges, for example, professional hierarchy, culture, class, gender, Influence interactions with patients. That's fascinating. Hmm, what does that mean, actually? You're a white doctor and you have a non-white patient. You will treat them differently? Hmm. Will a black doctor teach a non-black, treat a non-black patient differently? I guess not, because... I even was taught this in the 70s at Columbia University, that blacks cannot be racist. I ought to write down a few of the lines that convinced me I was not a leftist at Columbia. I want to thank Columbia for doing that. And the impact of various systems of oppression on health and health care, colonization, white supremacy, acculturation, assimilation... 
This is all from the American Association of Medical Colleges. Hmm. Most young people who pursue a career in medicine want to help patients. Now they will be taught that an intricate web of social, quote, this is a quote, an intricate web of social, behavioral, economic, and environmental factors, including access to quality education and housing, have greater influence on patients' health than physicians do. Hmm. That's interesting. AAMC leaders write in an op-ed trumpeting their new woke curriculum. As the Wall Street Journal notes, the implicit message is that the best way to help patients is to expand the size and scope of government. Folks, I'd like to tell you about a helpful software app. It's called Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R. If you're trying to grow a business, time is precious. Imagine if you could streamline all your routine operation tasks, lead management, employee onboarding, or even customer support. That's where the awesome power of Zapier comes in. It makes it easy to connect all your apps, automate routine tasks, streamline your processes. It frees up your time to prioritize customer and client needs. Zapier makes it easy for anyone to get started with business automation. No coding required. Easily connect 4,000 of the most powerful apps businesses use every day. Google Sheets, QuickBooks, thousands of easy-to-use templates. The average Zapier user saves over $10,000 in recovered time every year. Over 1.8 million people and businesses use it. See for yourself why thousands of other companies use Zapier every day to automate their business. Try it for free. At Zapier.com, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash Dennis, Zapier.com slash Dennis. Yes, everybody, I'm reading to you an amazing thing about the corruption of medicine by the left. Shame on you if you vote for the Democratic Party. Shame on you. You are supporting the left. Your intentions are irrelevant. The results are apparent every day, every single day. The left is ruining something else. The Democratic Party is the party of the left. It is not a liberal party. It is a left-wing party. You can hate Trump all you like. That is no moral excuse for voting Democrat. If you deluded yourself by the lies that the man was a dictator, when the closest we have to a dictator is Joe Biden, there's nothing I can do. You have, to, you have opted to believe a lie. That's what you have done because you don't like Trump. That's it. And I understand why a lot of people don't like Trump. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a feeling either way because I don't give a damn if I like Trump. It's about as narcissistic a question as I can ask. Do I, Dennis Prager, citizen of the U.S., like a politician? What the hell difference does that make? Does the politician do good or bad, net good or net bad for my country? That is the only question I ask. I never ask, do I like a politician? It is of no consequence to the country or to me whether I like a politician. The preoccupation of the never-Trumpers with their dislike of Trump only speaks to the immaturity of their judgment. That's all it does. They are so fond of themselves 
that they believe that if they dislike a man, the results of their dislike are irrelevant. It only matters that they dislike Trump. doesn't matter whether or not spectacular damage will be done by voting Democrat. I say this with pain. You know how many of these never-Trumper conservatives I know? Virtually every single one. Some have sat in for me in the past when I have not been on the air. What can I tell you? They, they, it, it truly is an example of narcissism. I don't like Trump, therefore screw my country. That's what it amounts to. <laughs> Amazing. Well, you live and learn. What can I tell you, my friends? The human condition is a, uh, a troubled one, which is no news to me. Grand Rapids, Michigan, one of my favorite cities, actually. Hello, Dave. Dennis? Hello, Dave. Yes. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure Thanks. and an honor to speak to you, my friend. And I, the topic that you are exploring today has me really kind of riled up. Are you familiar Good. with what happened in Ann Arbor last Sunday night? No, not at all. If I may, uh, they have a ceremony every year for the incoming medical school students called the White Coat Ceremony. And it's in the auditorium at the university. And they are presented with a white coat, a stethoscope, and some inspirational remarks from the medical school faculty. Well, this year, the keynote speaker was Dr. Christian Collier, who is a member of the medical staff, or excuse me, the teaching staff there at the university. And she also created, uh, committed one of the cardinal sins of the Ann Arbor crowd. She is a professed Christian and also pro-life. Okay? This, I hear you. Go uh, on. teacher has many, many awards for teaching. And at the beginning of her remarks about, according to the NPR, about a third of the students. In oh, the yes, I did. Oh, I didn't. I forgot it was, it was Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it was. I think. I think I read even uh, of the entire audience, more than forty percent. Oh, I I heard thirty. I I was thirty percent of the students, um, but but th- there was more because of the people who supported the students. Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a gigantic. It does. It doesn't matter. It's 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 frightening. You're right. It's frightening. It's not only that, it's appalling. It's such bad manners. Uh, think of this, the audacity. These, are, these students haven't even begun studying yet as doctors, and they publicly diss an, a distinguished member of the faculty. It, it's just, and, and people defend this. It, it is, of course, they should of course. be embarrassed. Embarrassed? Embarrassed? You know what the word for an embarrassed leftist is? A conservative. We'll be back in a moment. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. 
They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Yes, 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 go on, go on. Hi, everybody. The male-female hour every Wednesday, second hour of the Dennis Prager Show. Most honest talk I know of on the subject of men and women. And all subjects are, all, all aspects of the subject are welcome. And I repeat some of what I say frequently, I bring to this great neutrality. I am not a man fan and I am not a woman fan. I am a good person fan. There are a lot of wonderful men and wonderful women and a lot of awful men and awful women. And every one of you knows that's true. Okay. Today's topic I've never covered. It was raised in a conversation with someone, and I don't even remember with whom, or the context, or anything. But I knew, ah, this is for me gold. Gold for a talk show host is a topic. We love the the difficulty in, or the challenge, I should say, in doing these things, and in fact, writing a column. I've written a thousand columns, they're all on the internet. The greatest challenge is coming up with a topic, not in offering my ideas on the topic. So when I got one, and in this case I thought I got one, here it goes. And I'm not even entirely sure what my opinion is on the subject, so this will be interesting. I'll tell you to the extent that I have an opinion what it is, but I want to hear your take. So it's a very simple question. Is fidelity owed in dating as much as it is after marriage? That's the question. I'll elaborate, but I'll give you the phone number because now that you know the question, what's your view? 1-8-Prager-776 or 877-243-7776. Do you owe the person you are dating fidelity as much as you owe a spouse? Why is it even a question? Because some people say, look, if you're dating, that you're committed to that person, or you've made this commitment, and you so you owe that person fidelity. Okay, that 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 is why it it is a difficult question to fully answer. That is a very good argument. And now I will give you the counter argument. What's the difference between dating and marriage if you owe fidelity in each equally? Nobody would say dating is the same as marriage. Why not? If my obligation when dating is as great as my obligation when married, what's the difference between the two? But everybody assumes there is a difference. I don't think that it is the same thing. 
the ideal is that when you're dating, you're faithful to the person that you are dating. Correct. That's the ideal. But is it as demanded, as expected, as if you are married? I don't think so. I think as in everything else, as I have often said to the chagrin of some of my listeners, there are gradations of sin in life. There are gradations of good and there are gradations of bad. And we have here a a, a gradation, a scale from... Nobody would say that if you went out with a person for, let's say, let's say you went out with a person three times and you, you really got along well and you even had some level of intimacy. Does that mean you cannot date anybody else until you break up? Now you say, well, three times, no. Okay, 10 times. But even if you say three times no, you are acknowledging that there are levels of obligation. And that's that's what I would argue. That dating is not the same as being married in terms of the fidelity issue. Now, of course, length of time dating, that changes things too. If you're dating for five years which doesn't make much sense to me unless you're very, very, very young. And even then, I'm I'm not sure why one would do that. But if you're dating for five years, uh, it it is presumed that you'll be faithful. On the other hand, if you're dating for five years and it's presumed you'll be faithful, why aren't you married? When it's demanded that you be faithful, See, when you're dating, the whole point of it is you're, you're trying to figure out, in most cases, okay, most cases, dating is a process of trying to find a spouse. So as long as you're not married, you're still trying to find a spouse. And as much as there is an emotional bond built up in dating especially over a long period. Theoretically, by not being married and only dating, you're still looking for a spouse. So I, I, I think what people need to understand is maybe dating isn't the same as marriage, and maybe I can't expect the same commitment to fidelity while dating as I would in marriage. So how does that sound to you? What's the theory on that? Ah, this is a good question. I'm I'm already looking at some calls. I had no idea, by the way, what to expect. I I, I could not predict what uh, people would call in and say. If I had to predict, I, I would have assumed that most people would say, the following. If you cheat, to use a term that is really utilized with regard to marriage, but if you cheat on your steady, or whatever the term today would be, the person that you're dating for a while, 
that is a bad sign with regard to your commitment to fidelity if we marry. A lot of people will break up with somebody, and that's understandable, who had uh, an affair, so to speak, while they were dating. But what if the person said, look, uh, I'd like to marry you. What if, let's say in theory, you know what, I'd like to get married. You want to keep dating. All right, that means that the level of commitment you expect is not the same as if we were married. I would marry you. What if what if the man or the woman said that? I would marry you. The fact that you're not willing to marry me now and say, you know, let's speak about it a year from now, means that you don't want the level of commitment that marriage demands and is expected in marriage. Then don't blame me if I... Look around while we're dating. Seems to me that that is a uh, that is a possibility. All right, uh, let's uh, let's go to Wesley in Saint Simon's Island, Georgia. Hello, Wesley. Thank you, Dennis. It's a pleasure to speak with you, sir. I think Thank that you. the. Uh, I think the level of, of, of fidelity, so to speak, in dating and marriage are completely different. My mom told me to play the field, and as a person dates, they're trying to find God's perfect husband or wife uh, for them for the rest of their life. And you can only do that by taking young ladies or young men out on dates. Now, back when I found the lovely Mrs. Cox, we obviously were not hobbledy gogging together. We were just going out on dates to see if we were compatible. And uh, I find that picking them up early and, and, and unexpectedly is a good way to go. It was so tough on her in the 70s at Valasa State College. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Sorry about the uh, abrupt ending of that to call. And I quite didn't quite uh, know what the point uh, was, which is sad. I, I usually do, even when it, it ends early. Anyway, I was also misled because I, I assumed he was 35 years of age, and then he said he was dating in the 70s. So when you're asked your age, it's important because then I have a context of your call. I don't care what your age is, but I just care to know the truth. He, he had told the screener that he feels 35. He identifies, well, that's even stronger. He identifies as 35? Okay, do not tell the screener what, I understand, because we live in the age of how you identify as what you are. I understand that. I take it, I don't think it was malicious at all. But I, we need your real age, not the one you identify as or feel. The question on the male-female hour today is, do you owe the same level of fidelity in dating as you do in marriage? And it would seem to me that if you if you are expected to be as loyal when you date as when you marry, why not marry? And what's the difference between marriage and dating? 
if the same exact demands are made in both? That's my uh, that's my question here. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Michael in Tampa, hello. Michael in Tampa, hello. Hey, Dennis, it's an honor to speak with you. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I feel like your fidelity is to your word. And if your word was that you were going to be exclusively dating a person, or your word is that you're going to be faithful in a marriage to a person, uh, your fidelity is to your word. And if you can keep your word in one, then you'll keep it in the other, uh, whichever one that is. But anytime that you agree to something, your fidelity is not to the relationship, it's to your word. It's your fidelity is to yourself and to your God. Well, therefore what? So what you're saying is if a as soon as you say to a person you're dating, uh, okay, we now have a, we now agree neither of us will date anybody else while we date. Is it, therefore, you owe a commitment to that commitment. Is that correct? Yes. You're, you've made a commitment. Right. That was your word. All right. So, so it is the same. So it's an interesting it's question. Why, why, if you're going to make a commitment of fidelity while dating, why not marry? Um, and maybe, if, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't start out as that, but if it progresses to that and you're both agreeing or you're both saying, or I don't even think you both have to, if you say, look, I don't know what you're doing, but I am only going to date you while we're dating. Well, why would you say that if you're not expecting the other person to do the same thing? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, but I'm saying it doesn't Wait, you wouldn't matter. say, wait, 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 I'm sorry. You wouldn't say what? I wouldn't say that I'm not going to date anybody if, if you're anybody else. If you're dating other people, I'm not going to. I wouldn't say that. But uh, what I'm saying is no matter what you say, that's your word. I mean, okay, that's fair. Right. Keep your word. It doesn't matter where you're Right. Going so with. the issue is not whether you're dating or married. The issue is whether you keep your word. Yes. Okay. That's very fair argument. All right. I, I, I have no uh, good answer to that. Sean, I have no mouse control, by the way. Uh, so that is a, th- that's a good argument. So it's an interesting question. Should people who... Should, should people who are dating uh, make that make that agreement? I won't see anybody while I date you, and you shouldn't see anybody while you date me. It seems it seems logical, but what if somebody said, "Listen, uh, and it, more likely the woman, but increasingly could be either." So they're they're. They're together two, three years, and you know her her clock is ticking psychologically much more than his is. You expect me not to date any other man, and I understand that. 
and I want to marry. So you're making a demand on me that is made in marriage, but you refuse to marry me. What would, if, what w- would be a good response on his part? I want you to be faithful to me and take up all, all these years of, uh, of your life, uh, but I, I, uh, I'm not prepared to marry you. It's an interesting, uh, an interesting dilemma. Look, I, I'm I'm a believer that after a certain period of time, you should get married. All right, let's go to Fort Worth, Texas, and Tim. Hello, Tim. Good afternoon, Dennis. Great to talk to you, and great topic. Fascinating. Yes. Um, um, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it depends on gradation and or context of life. But I think more importantly, you just touched on it. The, the, the couples at any stage must have the dialogue and be clear on the expectations. And so my uh, son is 25. He is engaged. And he and his fiance and I had this conversation. And I said, what does that mean for you? Because if it doesn't mean anything, then what's the difference? Right? So we had a great, really good conversation around it. I personally am divorced, and I'm dating a girl. We dated for two years. She's divorced, but we have had this specific conversation. We are what we call exclusive, and we are not marrying because we recognize that we enjoy our own space. We enjoy we each enjoy our, our individual time, those kinds of things. But the critical thing being we had the dialogue and we understand the expectation. So so you both don't want to marry? At this point, correct. But you just raised a good point that she has said, if we are at this stage in four to five years, we may have a different conversation. And I, I understand that. All right. Well, I'm on her side. <laughs> As you probably I, 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 I understand. All Absolutely. Right. Yep. All right. Thank you so much for calling. We'll be back in a moment. 1 8 Prager 776. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Welcome to the show. Coming to you from Miami, where I am spending the week not on vacation, doing a lot of work, actually. Sean, what is the, uh, what is the station that we'd like to. Uh, Welcome. I see nothing in the email about it, so tell me, because it's the Real Talk 1540, WYCL in Warren, Ohio. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Thank you. Thank you. It's a big, big deal to me. I live to get my message out. That's what that's been my purpose since I was in high school. I think I, I have very, very, very important messages. The messages are important. It is not I that I am reflecting on. It is the message. Messages ultimately, God wants us to be good. Therefore, secularism is a moral dead end, as we are now seeing in the United States with the collapse of religion and the rise of more and more truly bad things. The first hour I read to you what the medical schools of the country are going to adopt, that it is as important to for doctors to be up on racism as it is on scientific discoveries. That's what you want your doctor to do, spend at least half his or her time 
on anti-racism literature. It doesn't matter to the left because their motto is the motto of the devil in Goethe's Faust, something that Karl Marx loved to quote regularly. Everything that exists must be destroyed. That is the motto of the left. If you don't understand that, you have decided not to understand it. And it is your fault that you don't understand it. But as I have said all of my life, darkness, evil is not darkness. Evil is such bright light people don't like or can't stare at it. Evil is not dark. Evil is bright light, suggested by the very name of Lucifer from light. So uh, our vice president, who's a true idiot, an idiot, it's painful. I, I didn't speak this way. There, I've been broadcasting. Next week it'll be 40 years. I never talked this way about Bill Clinton or his vice president. I didn't talk this way about Barack Obama or his vice president, although his vice president is an idiot. He's now president. Obama was extremely destructive, but he certainly wasn't an idiot. Kamala Harris opens up a meeting. You can see it if you watch uh, the my radio show on video. Where does one watch it, Sean? Yes, no, this, no, this video. Salem News Channel. Sean, recite to me the names of the various Salem places to go, and I'll I'll try to figure it out how to explain to people. We have Salem News Channel, Salem Podcast Network, Salem Now. Is there a fourth? Okay, so that's why I have to navigate among these names. I'm going to talk to Salem about combining everything into one. Anyway, uh, you can watch Kamala right now at the Salem News Channel, where my radio show is visible to you every day. She's opening a meeting, and she is masked. Everybody around the table is masked. Mind you, this is late July of 2022. These crazy people. It's all show, by the way. It's all show. We knew it was show from the beginning. When Nancy Pelosi wanted everybody locked down and wanted to uh, render people in the salon business bankrupt, she went to a salon herself, no mask. It's not that she's a hypocrite. It's be, Hypocrisy is, is so meaningless and, and uh, mild a term for these people. They're lying to you when they tell you they believe in masks. That's the point. They're liars. They're not hypocrites. It's a big difference. Gavin Newsom didn't believe that people needed to be masked when he had his his dinner birthday party at that super expensive restaurant, French Laundry, in, in the Bay Area. It shows he didn't believe it. They don't believe it. Some do. Some do. Poor things. The followers believe it. But the people saying it? 
Joe Biden chose kissing his wife, both wearing a mask. Are you not embarrassed? Isn't that not, isn't that embarrassing? It's like you're mocking yourself. So here's Kamala Harris, masked, and everybody around her mask, but that's not the worst of it. Listen to what she says. Uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And... Um, uh, so I am I am Kamala Harris. Preferred pronouns pre- preferred pronouns, she and her, and I am a woman. Wow. Vice President of the United States offering preferred pronouns, and you're going to vote Democrat because you don't like Trump. You have no idea how many people I know. And, and love who say that. I'm silent because I, I don't know what words to choose because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to insult anybody. But it, it, it's... It, it doesn't make for optimism about the human race that nice, intelligent people can vote Democrat on the uh, on the basis of whether they like or hate Donald Trump. Anyway, I think I think the vast majority of them are are not telling the truth. They'll vote Democrat even if the Republican nominee is not uh, not Donald Trump. And you know why they will? I'll tell you why. First, because they have spent a lifetime voting Democrat, and habit is much more important than reason, and because the New York Times will tell them to vote Democrat. That's it. That's all they need. Preferred pronouns. Is that a first? for a president or a vice president of the United States? Is it a first for the leader of any country? Maybe Pierre Trudeau does it. But he's more like Castro, and I'm not sure Castro would have given preferred pronouns. Is there any leader in the world other than Kamala Harris who gives a preferred pronoun before speaking? Preferred pronoun. Wow. Washington Post column by one of its columnists, contributing columnist Damon Young. Someone gave our daughter a white doll. How do we um, disappear it? That's the title of the piece with the um. We still don't know how it got into our house. And then he offers the possibilities of how it got there. My wife and I noticed that our six-year-old daughter was playing with a white baby. By the way, now they capitalize white at the Washington Post. 
They started with black, now it's white. It's no longer a color, it's, it's a, an ethnicity. Amazing. It's another sick place, Washington Post. Jeff Bezos hurt the country when he bought it. He doesn't care, but just thought I'd share that with you. Two months ago when my wife and I noticed that our six-year-old daughter, he's obviously a black man with a black daughter, was playing with a white baby doll with long blonde hair, our immediate thought was, wait, where did that come from? And then our thoughts shifted. How do we get rid of it? Washington Post column. The Dennis Prager Show. I'm reading to you from a piece that the Washington Post is proud to proud to print, apparently. And it is by one of its columnists, who is a black man, is relevant in this case. He found that his daughter, a seven-year-old daughter, was playing with a white doll, capital W, of course, at the Washington Post. Quite remarkable. Trying to find the, the article here. There we go. Uh, back to it. Here we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> so how do we get rid of it? That's the question from his article. My wife and I don't see eye to eye and everything and so on. But uh, she's perceptive enough that my daughter, there to see and feel, even she can't quite articulate it yet, how white beauty is considered the standard here in America. So that's a very interesting, and by the way, I have some sympathy for this. Although, obviously, if a white person were to write an article, my, how did the black doll get into my daughter's hands, the, that would be the end of the person's professional life, perhaps even the end of the person's current geographic life, right? Racism is permitted on the left. It is not permitted in any other arena, and it's permitted to blacks because blacks can't be racist. So now, again, I do have some sympathy. The the guy's black daughter is playing with a white doll. So if I were thinking about this, and to the extent that I can relate and you can say, well, you can't relate, you're white, then if we can't relate to others, then we can't, if we can't relate to others of other races, then we can't relate to others of the same race. Everybody has a different life. Everybody has different backgrounds and different natures and so on. So I think the healthy response would be, I'll guess I'll get her a black doll as well. So my, my child will, will know how to love Dolls of all races. Wouldn't that be the decent response instead of how do I get rid of it? As regards the issue of uh, the standard of beauty is white beauty, isn't the standard of beauty in a black country going to be black? Standards of beauty are almost always what one's culture is. Standards of beauty in Asia are, are Asian women, sometimes men, but usually I mean, in the human race, beauty is more of a factor in the female. And, and that's, 
that's pretty normal. Now, they have done tests with babies who seem to have gravitated in some ways, I think that this is true, to white faces. And that may be, that may be cultural because that's what they're used to as well. But uh, I, I don't know. Oh, I, I do find it interesting, though, that in uh, – I've been to, as you, as you know, because the only thing I brag about is I've been to 130 countries. Actually, 131. Slovakia was 131. And I often you will see Western models in non-Western countries on billboards. I don't think it's it's a hundred percent cultural, but I have no idea. Nor do I think it's it's a huge problem. But I I do understand why a black parent would want their black daughter to play with dolls of different races. But he doesn't want his daughter to play with dolls of different races. He, he doesn't want a white doll in the house. A status reinforced when she notices monochromatic magazine covers at a bookstore. I don't know what he's talking about. I would say that blacks on magazine covers have been wildly disproportionate to their percentage of the population. I mean, he's just made up, uh, it sounds to me like, a, f- a fraudulent statement the guy who wrote this piece in the Washington Post. I get a lot of magazines, and, and, I, and I look at their covers. I don't know what he's talking about. Is he telling me only 12% of American magazine covers in the last year have, have featured uh, blacks? Or watches advertisement during her favorite cartoons? I, I don't know the answer, but... I don't watch much TV, but I I have a feeling that, again, in in advertisements on national television shows in the United States of America in the last year, blacks have constituted more than 12% of the people in the ads. So I don't know what he's talking about. It's made explicit each time she hears dark and black thoughtlessly interchanged with bad. This man's deep. This man is really deep. Mm-hmm. So if you say it's a dark day, you are somehow speaking ill of dark-skinned people. Wow. Well, that's why he qualifies to write for the Washington Post. He's perfect. He's a perfect candidate to write for the Washington Post. Does anybody actually... Any, anybody listening to this show who believes that? If you say a dark day or a dark chapter in the history of a country, you are implicitly speaking ill of dark-skinned people. So if you say whitewash, uh, are you speaking well? Are you speaking poorly of whites? What about economically when you say in the black? That means you've had a profit as opposed to in the red. I guess that's anti-Native American. This is further proof, if you needed any, that they have to make up racism when it doesn't exist. Yeah, my poor daughter hears dark is interchangeable with black, as in black people. Hmm. I, I'm looking to the day when they... Uh, they, they may well do this given the, where medicine is headed right now. They may, 
not allow doctors to wear white coats anymore. I'm shocked that they're still allowing it. By the way, there's no absurdity you can come up with that will not take place. Hey, what do you know about Presidents Warren Harding, Calvin Coolidge, and Herbert Hoover, the three men who presided over the happy decade known as the Roaring Twenties, the Age of Jazz? Meet them in this week's special three-part PragerU series. See them at PragerU.com, where we teach what should be taught. I'm getting ready to go. I'm Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, reading to you from, and I'm not going to read any more of it, a, an important column in the Washington Post, black columnist's daughter, seven-year-old, is playing with a white doll, and he's trying to figure out how to get rid of it. And they finally do get rid of it. He and his wife. Gives you an idea of how little racism there is in America, that this is what needs to be noted by a black columnist of the Washington Post. Anyway, if you're not on the left, the odds are you don't read the Washington Post. I read it because I have a moral obligation to know what the left says. And it's very revealing. That's why all the race hoaxes, you know, the the nooses in college dorms, the N-word on college dorms, and uh, racist graffiti at college dorms, overwhelmingly, apparently, according to every report I have seen, I don't, there are no data, but there are massive number of stories. Overwhelmingly, it's hoaxes. It is usually uh, a left-wing or a black student who has done it in order to portray the place as racist. But like Jussie Smollett, if the place is racist, why do you need to fake it? Did Jews fake anti-Semitism in Germany in the 1930s? Of course not. There's so little racism in the United States, or at least, excuse me, there's so little white racism. Anti-white racism is uh, is abundant that uh, you have to make up a lot. This is really uh, an important piece. My poor girl played with a white girl, well, a white baby. Instead of buying other color babies, They try to figure out a way to throw it out. Anyway, the line in there, the giveaway was the reinforcement of how bad it is to be black because people use the word dark or black as a negative, right? As a black day, black, what is it, Black Friday, or, I mean, he didn't give these examples, but there are many examples. But in the black, as I pointed out, in economics, on your accounting sheet is a very good thing. You want to be in the black. Oh, well, this is what goes for depth at the Washington Post. Noose reportedly found at Edina Community Center. Edina is outside of Minneapolis, out of the Twin Cities. I've been there many times. Early Tuesday morning this week, is that, that, would, be, that would be yesterday, right? Am I right? Yeah, yesterday. A staff member at a Dinah Community Center found a noose hung in one of the courtyards. According to an email sent to parents in a Dinah Public Schools by the district superintendent, 
Superintendent Dr. Stacy Stanley wrote, A noose is a heinous symbol long known for its intimidation, harm, and violence against blacks-slash-African-Americans, and more recently toward other non-dominant groups. Oh, that's a new term. I haven't counted that one. Am I in a non-dominant group? Am I in a dominant group, I should say? We stand against racism and condemn hate. Great. By the way, I don't condemn hate. I hate evil. In fact, I'm instructed to by the Bible. It's my favorite verse in the Bible. If you love God, you must hate evil. This whole thing against hate is so is so meaningless. The people who condemn hate, what do they feel toward rapists and torturers and mass murderers? Love? I'm just curious. Is hate always wrong? Well, they didn't hate communism, that's true. They did hate Nazism. Was that okay? The the moral simpletons of our time, like the superintendent. How do they know who put it up there? Whenever I read about nooses on campuses, it turns out that that it either had nothing to do with anything to do with race, it was just a rope for whatever reason, or... It was uh, placed there by a minority student or a left-wing student to fake racism at at the college because there's so little real racism. So, of course, they had a uh, a meeting, one town, one family, oh, God, to join conversations to demonstrate that these acts of hate and harm do not reflect who we are. Well, that justifies the superintendent's salary. Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. Another another major piece. The Washington Post opinion pages. I, I think there is a race to superficiality, to intellectual numbness, uh, between the New York Times and the Washington Post, and it's a very sad race. This one could. This is by one of its writers, Alyssa Rosenberg. COVID vaccine uptake for the youngest children is shockingly low. Wow, she's unhappy that too few little kids have gotten vaccinated. Why would you vaccinate a, a child? I read her whole piece. It turns out that she, the, her reason, she, she can't argue that it protects children from death because children, of, young kids are dying of, of other things much more than they're dying from COVID. It, it, it's almost unheard of to die from COVID when you're five years old, or let alone three, which is what she's speaking about. So... Here's a a worldwide figure in that regard. This is from uh, UNICEF. Among the 4.4 million COVID-19 deaths reported, four-tenths of 1% occurred in children and adolescents under 20. Four-tenths of 1%. That's under 20. Boy, would I like under, under 10. So four-tenths of one percent of the deaths. So what 
What percentage, think of that, what percentage of children under 20 have died of COVID altogether? Not, not of the deaths of children. It's infinitesimally small. But there are real dangers associated with the vaccine. But she's alarmed. The Kaiser Family Foundation, which does regular surveys about COVID-19 and vaccination, found that the number of parents who said they would definitely not immunize their young children actually rose from 27% in April to 43% in July. That calls for cheering, Sean. That, that's one of the rare times when we could really use a major cheer. The number of parents who would not, definitely not immunize their young children. By the way, you're not immunized. Okay. I don't know what percentage of people who got the vaccine got COVID, but it's a very high percentage. Let's see. That's great. So where we're approaching 50% of parents who won't give their kids a completely unnecessary shot, which may do harm and is exceedingly unlikely to do any good. My four-year-old daughter figures, this is who writes columns for the Washington Post. My four-year-old daughter and nine-month-old son are among the 2.8%. She's proud of it. Now, wait a minute. She gave her nine-month-old son this injection? Wow. Even if mRNA vaccines are no longer seem like a magic bullet for preventing disease, well, she believed, they all believed it was a magic bullet for preventing disease. That was what they were told by Joe Biden and Fauci and all our so-called leaders. You take this, you won't get it. Sean, if you can find that recording, we have Joe Biden saying it, among others. You get this vaccine, and you won't get COVID. So now they're into a new new realm. Even if mRNA vaccines no longer seem like a magic bullet for preventing disease, getting them still made sense for my family. She never explains. I play it. You're okay. You're not going to. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Hey, folks. Guess you heard. This morning, I tested positive for COVID. And when people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Dr. Fauci says he has COVID again. If you've done the right thing and gotten vaccinated, you deserve the freedom to be safe from COVID-19. And this morning, I learned I. I tested positive for COVID-19 as well. With three doses that you can prevent it, not just from serious illness, but from getting this virus, this Omicron variant, and therefore giving it to others. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews is in quarantine for seven days after testing positive to COVID. Did a single one of them, did Fauci, Biden, Andrews, did, did any of them have uh, the uh, decency to say I was wrong? No. Take this, you won't get COVID. They took it, they got COVID. So either they lied to you 
Now, if lying implies that you know that you're telling an untruth, I think it's true for Fauci. I don't think it's true for Biden in this case. I think he lies constantly, but I don't think that was a lie. I think he believed that if he got the vaccine, he wouldn't get COVID. Why didn't I believe it? Why didn't people ask themselves that? Why, why were the vast majority of us called conservatives? Why were we right about the vaccine and they weren't? It's a fair question to ask. I'm not a scientist. So she, this woman at the Washington Post says, it's no longer a magic bullet. Whoa. Nevertheless, getting them made sense for my family. When I tell you why it made sense for her to vaccinate her little children, this is what made sense to her family. Well, I'll tell you now. Basically, she doesn't want to swab their noses that often. That's deep. This is a deep woman, Alyssa Rosenberg. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.